0: Is 5 o'clock on your radio dial at 1067 FM and at kzmu.org, streaming online worldwide. It's This Week in Moab. I'm your host, Molly Marcello, and we are going to start off with a conversation about noise. Uh, Grand County has a noise working group, and there are a couple people from that group here tonight to discuss elements of the so-called noise 2.0 strategy this is an interdepartment effort to curb noise impacts in the community um anna and josh let's do a live mic check <laughs> and see right. if, you, if you're on the mic um would you each introduce yourselves with your name and
1: title in grand county
2: Hello, my name is Josh Green, and I am the Compliance Officer for Grand County.
1: Hi, I'm Anna, and I am the Responsible Recreation Coordinator for Grand County. Thank you two for being here tonight. The Noise Working Group is made up of a a
0: lot of different staff and elected officials, um, and you you both have roles to play in it, and I appreciate you sort of representing those roles here tonight. Um, So to provide some context for listeners, the Noise Working Group um, presented before the County Commission uh, last week and discussed. Um, strategies currently on the table to curb noise in town and they ranked priorities as high, intermediate, and low. Um, Some high priority efforts are related to education and advertising, legislative changes, noise enforcement, partnerships with the BLM, state legislators, and land use regulations. So there's a lot out there. Um, But tonight we're going to mostly highlight the education and advertising piece with you both because it appears that these efforts are in motion Um, Some of the ideas in that education piece include retooling the Do It Like a Local campaign, creating videos to address ATV noise pollution, and having consistent information related to their regulation. Anna, I know um, I'm going to start with you. You already play a big role in educating visitors as the responsible recreation coordinator for Grand County, Um, so I'm curious where your department is sort of going to plug into these efforts
1: right so currently we focus in non-motorized education so we're at trailheads as trail ambassadors educating visitors on the ground at the trailheads on responsible recreation practices along the trails so leave no trace we're very familiar with that and now um, we are kind of we're part of this noise group to provide some insight on Uh, consistent messaging across departments within the county and um, concise messages as well. And so our new focus is on in-town recreation as an addition to what we already do. And in-town recreation has a lot of different types of recreationists. Yes, we have UTVs and OHVs. Uh, We also have uh, bikers on the road, um, individuals walking and crosswalks and everything like that. So we're trying to focus on in-town recreation as a whole hmm. through our department.
0: And um, some of that in-town um, recreation, the messaging com- component that was discussed last week um, was an, a new sort of messaging campaign, um, Your Adventure Starts. Can you describe that? Can you go yeah. into Yeah.
1: So the message is Your Adventure Starts in Neighborhoods. And our intention behind this is respect. Respect Your Adventure Starts in Neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, drive slowly. Uh, ride single file on bikes respect speed limits and traffic laws. So it's all encompassing. Noise is indeed a part of that. So we're focusing on asking visitors to be respectful when they visit our community um, and remembering that their adventure indeed starts in our neighborhoods.
0: And did I hear this right, Josh? Did you come sort of come up with some of those ideas? Uh, yeah,
2: I did actually. When we were looking at uh, possible slogans, I was like driving down the road road and I was all man like that guy needs to be more respectful you know your adventure starts in a neighborhood you need to slow down I was like oh my gosh I think there we go I'll bring that before everybody and then it turned out to be you know something that we could build a lot of things off of
0: Mm -hmm. and you know I know that this is early days there's no like formal campaign yet Um, but where are the talks sort of heading like would this be like billboards or would this be other types of messaging
1: I think currently the focus is on billboards Um, We do have in the works um, messaging and uh, design of that type. And then also we are producing newspaper ads uh, for all of our local papers uh, to help with in-town and backcountry recreation um, because there are different aspects of being prepared to recreate in town and being prepared to recreate in the backcountry.
2: Yeah and um, you know the billboard is going to be you know a big um, in your face polite reminder you know that yes your adventure does start in a neighborhood in Moab you know please be respectful and then like like you had add to add on to that um, we're also looking at you know your typical ads that you'd see on Facebook and places like that that would be shareable by the county websites and Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be very successful. I think people are going to look at this and go, wow, you know, you're absolutely right. I should probably slow down or I should probably obey the laws a little bit more. I know I came to Moab to have a lot of fun, but... People do live in Moab, and uh, I need to be respectful for that.
0: I'm wondering if a lot of that, if the neighborhood thing, you know, this is, we live in a unique town because a lot of trails are accessed through neighborhoods um, instead of, like, outside of town. So that might be part of it. Is that right?
2: That is true. Um, We're the most unique town in the state of Utah, Mm -hmm. which we already knew, right? (laughs) I mean, where else in Utah can you uh, wake up from your hotel, get a continental breakfast, go jump in your machine, and be on a trailhead in seven minutes? I mean, there's nowhere else where this happens. And um, unfortunately, you can also do that from your Airbnb, <laughs> so or you know your nightly rental, and uh, so we're just really pushing for this so people will look at it and uh, go, okay, you know, I'm acknowledging this because the best way to get um, any sort of change is through education.
0: So Josh, you kind of have an interesting role to play as the code compliance officer. Is that your official title?
2: Yeah, it just depends. I, I've seen it as <laughs> okay. code enforcement officer, okay. code compliance. My thing I signed says code en- compliance officer. So I go with that one. Okay. All right. <laughs>
0: let's go with that then. So, you know, I know that you, before Grand County was no longer allowed to do so, you helped noise test ATV fleets as part of your code compliance duties. Um, So you've been involved in noise for some time um, and you are now working on this education piece um, related to a bill that passed the State House um, this past legislative session that admittedly sort of slid under the radar for local media organizations but it will affect OHV users. Um, Can you talk a little bit about HB 180? What is this?
2: Yes I can and um, to give people a background of of what I've done so in the past um, I've have an UTV business as my background. My family started one in town. I was a volunteer. I volunteered with them. Um, I wouldn't let them pay me because you know I'm trying to help my family out, help them get off the ground. So I have had a lot of experience in a UTV activity. I own a UTV, um, you know. So that's kind of why I was brought in as the expert, quote unquote expert, for lack of a better word for for that type of activity, which is what brought me to this group. So this HB 180. Um, was a bill, like you said, it kind of slid under the radar. Hardly anybody heard about it because everybody was focused on 146. Right. And what HB 180 is, is it was created by UTV enthusiasts, and it was presented to Carl Albrecht, who's a representative for this area, and he brought it to Senator Bramble, and uh, Bramble brought it to the floor. It passed unanimously, which means bipartisan 100% passed, only four people abstained. and I actually don't even think that they were there that day or they probably would have voted the same way, but I can't really speak for them. But, um, you know, it was signed by Governor Cox on March 22nd of this year, and it goes into effect on January 1st, 2023.
0: Okay, January 1st, 2023. And it does, like, a couple different things. Um, And kind of most interesting for us, I would say, is this course curriculum, right?
2: Correct. So, you know, it does a few things. Um, To kind of give you a background on this... Um, this was brought to us by, or when I say okay. us, brought to the the Senate by OHV enthusiasts here mm. in Moab that were sick and tired of seeing OHVs off trail mm. and getting away with essentially trail damage because paying a fine means nothing to people that... Uh, can come and recreate in Moab and spend lots of money to stay at a hotel room, what's a $150 fine If as long as I get my really cool picture of my OHV on a a rock that nobody's been on before, right? Mm -hmm. So this was kind of what started that whole thing. And uh, it was actually a couple of citizens here in town that went to work on it. They took it to to the state, it got passed, and what it does is it requires anybody that is um, going to be, anybody that's 18 years or old, 18 years old without a driver's license, sorry,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: to complete an operational safety course before operating a off-highway vehicle. It also states that um, there is a mandatory f- for a person to take a once-in-a-lifetime educational course in order for that person to be able to operate or rent an off-highway vehicle in Utah, mm. which essentially states that if you come here from out of state you, and you want to operate an OHV in this area, you have to take this test and, and pass it, mm. and then you'll be able to ride the areas Around here, and what that test does is it informs people of trail etiquette, which is a very important thing. It also informs them of the of the damages that can be done by causing trail winding, which is like when you go around a puddle instead of through a puddle, or around an obstacle instead of through an obstacle, and um, you know, also uh, packing out your human waste, your your dog waste, uh, littering, all the things that we want people to see is going to these people taking this educational course. And when they're done and they they pass, they end up getting a certificate. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna take this certificate and keep it with them or have proof of it. So if they get pulled over by somebody while they're operating their OHV, they can show and say, hey, I have taken this class. Mm -hmm. And this whole entire course was designed to educate people on the do's and don'ts of operating an OHV out there. Now, the best part to me, I mean, I love this part. That's actually my favorite part. The second best part, let's say that. (laughs) Is if you are convicted of a certain off-highway vehicle laws and you're found guilty. So if you are if you have somebody write a ticket mm-hmm. and you are found guilty, you will have to perform community services to repair the damages caused by the violation. There is no getting around it. Mm-hmm. Everybody is subject to this. Doesn't matter who you are. So if you go off trail and you get a ticket, the judge sentences you to come down. Let's say you're on Hell's Revenge and you decide to take off ac- across the crust. You have to come back and perform community service there, breaking out your tracks and then doing other things around the trailhead until your community service hours have been met.
0: So if I'm, you know, visiting from out of state and I get fined because I've done something like that, I have to you know, do community service work here in Moab.
2: Yes, and it has to be on that trail. The court will order for the community service to occur at the location or locations where the person caused damage to the public land. Mm -hmm. And if a person has use of a privately owned lands without permission, where it's unlawful for a person to tamper with signs or fencing on these privately owned Mm -hmm. lands, they will also be assigned community service fixing those items. And so that's why we have you take this class, you see the consequences, because at the very end of the test, the test is super educational, at the very end there's an acknowledgement saying you need to read through this bill house bill 180 and see the consequences for breaking the laws while out on the trail that way when a person gets pulled over and they say oh I didn't know You did know you took the test and you passed it.
0: So I could see how this will work for, you know, a rental company because someone comes in and they, you know, want to rent a vehicle, a motorized vehicle, and then um, go out on the trail and their their rental company says, okay, great, you have to take this test first, right? That's a great way to, like, interact with people. But how does that work for someone who has their own, you know vehicle and they're coming down here
2: so i i believe they're going to do some sort of campaign to remind people that this is coming it's not going to like be a hard date start okay. january 1st we're mm-hmm. going to give people time to learn about this it's a really easy test to take i've taken it probably 20 times now
0: um, have you passed every time?
2: <laughs> every single time I, I know my etiquette very okay. well and i know to pack out all that other stuff too so but it's uh, i've done it on my cell phone i've done it on a laptop i've done it on a tablet i did it on a public computer it's 30 minutes tops and um you can take it on your phone, and once it passes, you just screenshot or you save the certificate, and you have it on your in your possession. Mm-hmm. And that's what um, the UTV rental companies are looking forward to: is that the person they can say okay, you've you've picked this date to rent your UTV. Here's a link for you to take this class. Mm-hmm. You have to have it passed before you come here, mm-hmm. uh, before we can rent the machine to you. And that's great for the UTV companies as well, because then that's going to take care of their machines and stop causing trail destruction out there. And, um, and that's what we're really pushing for is protection of the land. Just, you know, bringing some decency to the trails and all forms of off-road use.
0: Right. So, obviously, this bill really is aimed at um, addressing trail damage. Um, there is a portion, though, I know that you have written or you with other staff uh, related to neighborhoods can you talk about that
2: yes um, so myself and Andrea Brand who is the director of the Sand Flats Recreational Area we were given the opportunity to write questions for section 5 of of that which is a uh, um, OHVs and residential neighborhood use mm-hmm. and um, we were able to come up with five questions that were targeted specifically for neighborhoods, you know leaving your, your residence and going out And then we even were able to throw in the sound um, uh, disturbances that can happen. Like this is an example of that question. It's like true or false, including total sound, frequency and vibration of an OHV. It can be heard in neighbors, homes and bedrooms located near a roadway. True or false. And then underneath that, there's a paragraph explaining the science behind that and tells them, you know, this is what happens. This is what what can cause damage wise. Every single question in this test, all 26 of them, have a paragraph, educational paragraph underneath mm-hmm. that they have to read in order to answer the question correctly. Not sure if that will become an 80% or better, I'm not positive, but it's gonna be a lot like antler hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the state of Utah, in order to collect animal antlers from like deer and elk, mm-hmm. um, you have to take a course where you can go out and In order for you to go out and pull these um, pick these horns up you have to take a course and you have to pass with a hundred percent or you can't do it
0: all right so this is kind of inspired by um the dnr and what they all do and applying that to ohvs
2: yes it is and it's um it's i think it's going to be i mean my my humble opinion um from the beginning i've always felt that education was the way to go with this Mm -hmm. and this is like exactly what we needed to get um, better trail activity out there, and get more you know ride, res- ride with respect, you know tread lightly. All of those things kind of coming together, and uh, putting it all in one place for the for the operator of the machine mm-hmm. to have all that information to read it over, and then you know practice the use of those questions out in the wild.
0: Well, and Anna, you know you are the responsible recreation coordinator for Grand County, as we said at the top. And I know that um, you explained that you're you're on non-motorized trails, right? Mm-hmm. But you are talking about tread lightly principles. I've seen you out there
1: <laughs> at work, right? <laughs> yes, I have personally had encounters with um, OHVs while being a trail ambassador. Uh, My knowledge of that world is a bit smaller, but I can read maps. Um, (laughs) I think where we kind of branch into this and uh, kind of take the example of HB 180 is we're moving into an educational direction for our specific community. So HB 180 is great for backcountry and um, Mm -hmm. great for getting some of the basic information of UTV off-highway recreation now we want to focus on what is specific to Moab what are our needs specifically questions that can't actually go into the HB 180 because we are such a unique community mm-hmm. and what that looks like for us is a Moab Steward program you already witnessed us out at yeah. Mill Creek Trailhead talking with kids mm-hmm. um, a, some adults on being a Moab Steward um, and so currently for our non-motorized program we have incentives for for staying on the trail in the form of stickers so did you stay on the trail during your hike wonderful you get a sticker for being a moab trail steward um, we've brought it a little bit further into having a pin and patch mm-hmm. if they complete our moab steward activity which mm-hmm. currently is bingo so there's a nice little bingo sheet that families will take out that has all of this leave no trace information mm-hmm. and so we want to branch from there and move into A direction where we can still encompass a OHV community Mm -hmm. um, while also addressing some of the other issues we might see with um, large bike groups or Mm -hmm. um, traffic laws just not being obeyed in certain areas with speed limits that are might be a little bit slower than recreationists want Mm -hmm. to get to their trailhead. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that, our mob steward program is moving into a potential video to educate individuals coming to moab and the incentive for that and to complete that sort of program is that we will provide um rewards for that completion it's very similar to the hb 180 maybe a little bit simpler Mm -hmm. more tailored towards moab and you get a prize for completing it and that looks like the form of a sticker or a whip flag or a pin mm-hmm. or a patch or a water bottle. Something specific to being a Moab steward in this area. Mm-hmm. As a thank you to visitors for taking the time to watch our video, to learn about our community, um, and then hopefully to put that into practice. Because in a way, they help fund, well, they help fund my salary. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but they help fund yeah. a lot of our salaries. Mm-hmm. And so we're just asking that in return for using our our land I say our lands but you know they're public lands but Mm -hmm. we do love them in a very specific Mm -hmm. ways as people who have moved and lived in Moab for years so we're just thanking them for taking the time to to love them the way that we do.
2: Grand County welcomes all forms of responsible recreation and this is going to be a good tool to help with
0: that. Exactly now, um, this responsible recreation coordinator position hasn't been around for very long, but I see in like this list of priorities that um, you know the county doesn't really have capacity to focus on this now. But um, there is sort of an identified need for a Motorized Trail Ambassador. Is that right?
1: There is, yes. <laughs> okay. I don't, you know, I think everybody can um, agree that we need to take care of our backcountry spaces, especially mm-hmm. you know we have this HB one eighty bill coming from um the motorized community so right. we're all thinking about our backcountry spaces and we do want to expand in a direction that focuses education on motorized users who come to our area yeah
0: Well, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Anna Sprout and Josh Green um, from Grand County. Anna is the responsible rec coordinator. Josh is the code compliance officer. That's the official title I learned tonight. (laughs) Um, They're just two of the many people involved in the county's noise 2.0 strategy to address um, impacts in general, but specifically noise impacts in our community. So earlier in the program, I mentioned that the county um, has listed strategies in terms of priority. And one of those high priority efforts is around education and advertising. Um, I'm curious if there's anything more that you two would like to say about these efforts related to education, specifically around noise and the motorized community.
1: I think in within my department, we're focusing on all levels of trip planning. And so mm-hmm. what the Moab Trail steward program focuses on currently or our direction for it in the motorized community is on trip planning Mm -hmm. and then there is uh, when you are in town and then there's where you're at the trailhead and our next focus is moving into the direction you just mentioned where we have motorized trail ambassadors Mm -hmm. um, who can help talk about um, backcountry and in-town recreation um, practices
2: and you know my Official job, you know as compliance officer for Grand County. So I I'm kind of um, brought into this group as just an expert and then also for um, Problem-solving th- and things like that um, I'm pretty uh, Pretty happy with the direction that we're going right now. I feel that uh, the way that we're pushing for this education through House Bill 180 also through the Moab trail stewards program. I think these are right steps in the right direction because uh at the end of the day, you know, these machines, everybody coming to town, they're going to be on our streets. There's you know, it's been made very clear by the state of Utah that this is this is happening. And so the way that we work with this is by educate is through education. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have a very sensible um direction going right now and I think that that's going to help quite a bit and uh I think we'll be surprised at seeing how how after House Bill 180 comes through, we're going to see a big change in some attitudes of people out on the trails. I really believe that that is going to happen, especially in our neighborhoods with our new um, campaign that's about to come out. You know, I think we're going to, you know, Moab is going to be a little less Wild West, as everybody likes to, you know, I don't think it's as bad as everybody is worried that it's going to get. I don't think it's going to get that bad, but I think with everything that we're doing right now is definitely going to help.
0: And, you know, you two, do you know when we can expect to see your adventure starts roll out or is it too early to tell right now? That's the new messaging I, campaign.
2: It's, um, I would say, too early to tell because um, that's not really, I'll just say that because that's not my department. So I don't want to speak for like, oh, yeah, tomorrow. No, sure, no yeah. it's nothing like that. So, yeah. but, I mean, they'll they'll be um, pretty transparent on when it's coming out, when when they know.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there is um, this in-town recreation that we need to focus on. Right. Uh, we also have a lot of projects. um, that convey additional messaging Mm -hmm. um like our wag bag initiative and 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 things like that so we do have a lot of recreational changes culture changes that we're focusing on and this is just one of them so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of on all of our our plates
0: education is is pretty central because you don't know what you don't know right
2: exactly exactly (laughs) you know and and if done right i mean we don't bust the crust anymore right we've had that pounded into our heads our entire life don't do this so we don't we walk around cryptobiotic soil because that education worked Mm -hmm. and I think that this is going to have the same Mm -hmm. effect. It's not going to be instantaneous but it is definitely going... We will start noticing a difference for sure. Especially when our younger generations start learning about this stuff.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. most definitely. I just, you know... Mm -hmm. As part of our non motorized portion we 've talked to about twenty thousand people wow. in this year, so we have talked to about twenty thousand individuals, and so that 's just in non motorized recreation. If we can expand into mm-hmm. motorized recreation within the next year, we can talk to just as many individuals um, a part of that community as well so right. we have we have large and lofty goals that we 're already hitting. Mm-hmm.
0: Um thank you too so much for being up here. Josh, before we go since I have you, I know enforcement does play a big role here and we don't have a law enforcement deputy here to speak on it. Um but there is enforcement, you know, strategies in the noise 2.0 um priority list and it could be enforcement of city and county noise ordinances licensing and registration laws, that sort of thing. Do you plug into that as code compliance officer?
2: I do not. So I specifically am in the planning and zoning department, so I deal mostly with land use codes, uh, violations, stuff like that. Um, I have a working relationship with the Grand County Sheriff's Office, but I do not um, report to them. uh, So I couldn't speak on on their behalf at all. But um, I know that they've been out there working very hard on it.
0: And as you know, if there are land use code updates, though, that's important to know. You would be the one <laughs> to <laughs> help people comply with them. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay.
2: Um, I, you know, through through, um, I've been here a year, and what's today, the twenty seventh? Uh huh. I've been here a year and twenty four days now, guys. Oh wow! And uh, in that year, in tw- uh, in twenty four days, we've we've accomplished a lot. We've brought a lot of people into compliance basically um, we took a a really difficult way of getting people to come into compliance that was extremely black and white of you will get it done by this day or you'll be fined, which is Kind of hard to bring people into compliance when they only have a few days to do so. So um, myself and with lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of help from mm-hmm. our county attorney Christina Sloan, we were able to come up with a voluntary compliance agreement, mm-hmm. and that has been instrumental in bringing people into compliance. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we we just been working hard. Our number one complaint is can you guess <laughs> illegal <laughs> camping. Um, and then our second one is a building without a permit, without a permit, mm-hmm. and then also operating a business without a business license. Those are like my top three, mm-hmm. and we just kind of work through those to, um, you know, with this voluntary compliance agreement. Also with mm-hmm. the um, the warning letters and everything else, uh, it really helps. It brings people in, especially when I kind of take um, I take a an approach of where I try to relate with the person, mm-hmm. let them, you know, let them know what they're going through I understand why they're doing it but let's go ahead and let's do what we can to bring you into compliance and it's been working pretty well I'm, I'm pretty happy with it I have not had one person um be brought before the county attorney in mm-hmm. my year so
0: okay and I mean that is important to note too because yours is a fairly new position also um kind, so, kind of I mean there's, there's always en- been a code en- enforcement officer right.
2: for Grand County um uh, when I originally took this position I was actually going to be in the economic development department working um with Elaine over a year ago, but um, they moved me into the um, planning and zoning department under the direction of John Gunther, who just left Grand County a a week Mm -hmm. ago, which is super sad Mm because I have nobody to talk to hockey with anymore (laughs) because he's Canadian, you know. And also he did a lot of really good work down Mm -hmm. there, but I went kind of in there, you know, under his direction Mm -hmm. and with him as well. I mean, we were all, we were able to kind of take a new approach of, not sending me out there looking for people, um, Mm. more of a reactive approach. Because if we were proactive, they would never see me in the office. I'd be out every single day, right? And and that's not what we want. Mm. We want people to come into compliance voluntarily because it has a lasting effect.
0: Well thank you two so much um, Josh and Anna for being here to talk about um, you know a lot of things but mainly the county's um, new noise strategies. Anything else before we go to say on that that um, subject? I think
2: we got it all covered right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we're all really excited for the directions uh-huh. that we're taking and it's a very collaborative approach towards all of it so right. it's, it's a it's a very good direction.
2: I agree you know there's not been any resistance at all this has been wonderful working with everybody in the noise group and We're all on board with, uh, you know, coming up with ways to help make Moab quiet again.
0: Um, If anybody is listening and wants more information about it, there is a whole presentation um, that was done last week, and that's on YouTube on um, Grand County's YouTube page. Thank you so much to you two, Anna Sprout and Josh Green from Grand County. Um, You are tuned into This Week in Moab on KZMU. I'm Molly Marcello, your host tonight. We are going now to a conversation with another county staff member, um, August Granite who is in the uh, Economic Development Department as Economic Development Director. Um, He uh, spoke with us a few days ago about two new county-supported grants that will be available to local organizations. That's kind of exciting. They're available um, starting Friday um, for application. So here's August to tell us about them. Thanks for tuning in to KZMU Moab. You were here several months back um, to kind of give listeners a heads up on some grants um, that your department was going to make available, and two of them are now here, or they will be here on Friday. Um, Can you tell us about them?
3: Yeah. Okay, so there are two brand new grants um, that we're creating this year, and the application window opens Um, Friday, July 1st, and will be open for the entire month of July. And so um, I'll kind of start out with the first one, Mm -hmm. um, which is the Moab Tourism Grant. So that's Marketing Our Awesome Businesses Um, Grant um, that will be focused on small mom and pop tourism shops in our community that are looking to get some marketing budget um, to kind of promote their particular offerings to the folks visiting Mm -hmm. our um, wonderful community.
0: And so, if I'm a local restaurant, or I own a local restaurant, or a local shop of any kind, or any sort of business, um, you know, what kind of applications are you looking for? Are you looking for, like, okay, I want to advertise in, you know, online, or I want to advertise in hotels. Like, what does that look like?
3: Yeah, it's really wide open. So, we're not looking for anything in particular, but I think, you know, it could be, you know, doing like a small rebrand, like working with the local oh. artist to produce new design mm-hmm. um, or branding for your business. It could be purchasing swag and putting together a giveaway campaign mm-hmm. to kind of drive people to your business. It mm-hmm. um, could be yeah, like a paid social campaign mm-hmm. or uh, just putting stuff in the newspaper. And so there's kind of all number of opportunities and the way we're trying to structure this, because it's hard to come up with a plan mm-hmm. without a plan, and <laughs> and so for all of these, and I'll talk about this as it relates to the other grant in a moment. All applicants are required to have a meeting with the Small Business Development Center mm-hmm. before they to make them eligible for the grant, and um, that is a really good resource. Um, that currently we don't have anybody full time in Grand County, but mm-hmm. we've um, committed a hundred grand from. The county side to stand that position up make it a, a full-time well-paid benefited position over at the new USU Moab campus mm. um, the staff who works in Blanding and supports our area will be kind of filling in in the meantime mm-hmm. but their kind of role is to first kind of just vet the, the business who's applying and then help think through what are your actual needs mm. um, rather than because I think a lot of people know they want something but not exactly what and and i think working with the sbdc can get to the point of like okay what are my goals is it to increase sales is it to increase brand awareness locally is it Mm. to try to drive a specific type of visitor to my business that i usually don't have Mm. is it to launch a new business offering maybe that i haven't had before um and we're trying to promote you know Local collaborative efforts so multiple businesses could come up with a joint application or you know if you're using marketing resources that benefit local advertisers, I think that's also something that we would be taking into consideration, but you know basically the goal is to support our local businesses who don't have marketing resources Mm -hmm. in comparison with larger chains. Um, that have larger resources from other places mm-hmm. to help them market themselves.
0: So that was the, you know, impetus for the grant is specifically targeted at small businesses. Correct. Yep. Okay.
3: And and um, this was, I've said this a couple of times, but the idea came from the current GM of mm-hmm. the hoodoo because he recognized that they have their own marketing budget and they, they, they're doing fine getting the v- visitors um, who are coming here to, mm-hmm. to visit their um, mm-hmm. establishment, um, but that a smaller hotel or a smaller restaurant or retail operation or guiding an outfitter, mm-hmm. you know might not have that or might want to but has doesn't know where to start and to try to be able to drive some Support to our smaller local businesses
0: Now you use the phrase like mom-and-pop businesses, you know, are there like specific categories that would uh, Make you a small business like what are what are the parameters? Yeah,
3: basically w- we looked at the size of the in businesses by employee size mm-hmm. based off of state data for all of our businesses locally and um, we tried to get kind of a number of employees that would allow us to kind of get us an idea of kind of a quantitative like cutoff basically and mm-hmm. so we looked at basically 10 employee 10 full-time equivalent employees so that's 10 people working 35 hours a week so it could be and that's kind of at peak and peak employee in, employing capacity right. so obviously. peak season peak yeah season. Okay. and so that could be you know it could be let more people that work more part less mm-hmm. hours sure, basically sure. Mm-hmm. and um so that's the kind of that's the kind of what's yeah. categorizing it as small mm-hmm. um and that's to try to keep a, a simple bright line mm-hmm. um and when we looked at the list of businesses that captured about you know, two thirds of all of, our, oh, of wow. our businesses. So it doesn't actually ex- doesn't exclude a whole lot of folks.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty interesting. Okay, so this first grant, this is the Moab Tourism Grant.
3: Yeah. So marketing our awesome businesses, exclamation point
0: <laughs> right. tourism grant. So there's another grant though that's um also being uh shepherded through Grant County's uh, economic development department. Uh what's the second one?
3: Yeah, so this is called our STAR grant, so sustainable and resilient business grant. And the kind of goal here is to dr- address our economic diversification priorities, mm-hmm. to try to shorten the gap between wages and cost of living for local residents, support the existence and expansion of organizations that provide year-round stable employment opportunities um, and that are more resistant to kind of economic shocks mm-hmm. and seasonality concerns.
0: Okay,
3: And we're trying to keep that fairly open um, because you know, rather than picking specific industries or looking at specific businesses, you know, this is kind of a, a research exercise at some level mm. in order to figure out who would use these resources, who can we support and expand locally, um, and then see what industries do they fall into mm. by saying, here's our goals, which are, you know, sustainable, livable, and resilient,
1: mm-hmm. and
3: sustainable, meaning that we're actively protecting our public lands, preserving our community's natural resources, livable in that we're supporting the creation of year-round high-paying jobs um, in a community that supports a high quality of life and economic mobility, and then resilient in that we're fostering a diverse mix of industries that can withstand an array of shocks. And so we ask it in kind of an open-ended qualitative question that says, how does your pro- program, project, or business kind of fit that goal mm-hmm. and help our scoring committee kind of square that with all of the other applications that we're getting Mm -hmm. so it becomes more relative to the type of applications and businesses that we're seeing locally Mm -hmm. rather than saying okay you're in this industry you can't apply or you're in this industry Mm -hmm. we think you should apply Mm -hmm. because we are going through some strategic planning to figure out if we're going to start building out our capacity for these things what should we be targeting Mm -hmm. who do we already have who can we expand that's already here with investment and in infrastructure or Mm -hmm all that kind of stuff
0: okay so this is not specifically like as you just explained this is not excluding like tourism oriented businesses um but it is kind of casting a net to see who's out there and and
3: i think i think this is coming as a response from you know when we have such a tourism driven economy Mm -hmm. we are vulnerable to things outside of our control i mean look at gas prices right now Mm -hmm. as gas prices increase visitors are have only so much disposable income and they are going to still come here mm-hmm. but maybe they're going to all of that extra money they're spending towards gas that's a dollar i'm not going to go get a breakfast burrito it's a dollar i'm not going to stay yeah. at a hotel it's like okay maybe i'll camp and mm-hmm. i'll get groceries at the city market mm-hmm. and and that's it right. um, but they'll still come yeah but that leaves less economic impact and leaves more mm-hmm. you know environmental and community impact whereas if we're, if we're if we have businesses that are kind of less reliant on Mm -hmm. that then it allows us to kind of weather those shocks and storms a little bit more resiliently so and so it could be i think a good example of like a tourism facing business that could apply for this is like a local artisan who has a main street store and sells their goods um, largely through foot traffic this grant could be used to help develop an e-commerce platform um, for that individual to Mm -hmm. take advantage of the moab brand and Mm -hmm. sell their goods um, online without requiring someone physically to come here um, hmm. and so if someone's like well i can't visit any web anymore but i love that place mm-hmm. and i love that you know mm-hmm. soap or gear or mm-hmm. shirt or whatever mm-hmm. um that would kind of to me fit that diversification goal mm-hmm. um A more traditional type of business or project would be I do some kind of manufacturing or I have some kind of, you know, I make something and I need more space to make that thing or I need Mm -hmm. to buy something, some machine that allows me to make that thing in a higher quantity so I can hire one more person Mm -hmm. or I need to bump out my shop space so I can have one more workspace and hire one Mm -hmm. more person. And all of those take, you know, investment and money. Um, And so if we can be kind of like the first Entry point to help them maybe get collateral to get a bigger bigger loan on that project or something like that Um, That would be another really good example of what we're trying to see
0: sure And you know you just explained that this grant is kind of a little bit more like open-ended in that it is Also research for you guys to see you know, what's out there but is there you know are there concrete parameters like the small business parameters um, that Um, People should be aware of before applying.
3: Yeah, good question. Okay, so there are a couple Um, so For example um, It has to have local ownership um, And and we've defined that in somewhat of a loose way so that we can capture everybody who has a local impact so Mm -hmm. you know whether it's the owner or primary operator resides in Grand County or San Juan Spanish Valley Or the majority of employees work in Grand County. So you could live in Green River or something Mm -hmm. like that, but you commute into Moab every day, and all of your employees live here. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't exclude you from being a part of this um, program. But if if you live... In Moab and or you live in, in, in Grand Junction and you know have like one client in Moab but mm-hmm. most of the rest of your work is in Colorado and beyond then you know maybe it wouldn't be a good fit right. okay so that's that's kind of the main eligibility cri- criteria there's some basic things like needing to be a viable and established business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of a prerequisite.
0: Okay. That's a so box not, that needs to be not like I have a business idea. Like yeah. I, I already am a business. It's not really like an yeah.
3: entrepreneurship program. Um, and mm-hmm. that's something we we're thinking of and trying to develop more. Mm-hmm. And the SBDC is going to be a really good resource for that. This is more who's here, who's like bursting at the seams mm-hmm. and can't like mm-hmm. literally Could have more business tomorrow if Mm -hmm. they only had more capacity and that's kind of what we're really trying to to focus on and identify that lowest hanging fruit that could have a really quick return on investment um and and just rather than having our first thought be who could we attract to come here and grow our employee base who's already here who's already working um who deserves our support and start there and once Mm -hmm. we've supported those folks and those businesses then going on to What does the future of a larger expansion or something like that look like economy-wide?
0: Okay, and it's been a few months since you were last up here talking about um, You know the potential for these grants. These grants are now here. They're coming on Friday Um, Can you remind us about the funding? Um, How much money is available on each grant and also where is that money coming from?
3: Okay, so these are both coming these are both funded by TRT revenue and so that is um, a 4.25% tax on all overnight accommodations, hotels, um, campgrounds, motels, Airbnb's, etc. And the the tourism grant, the the Moab grant, is coming out of kind of the typical promotion and development mm-hmm. um, of of tourism, and so so that's going straight to our local tourism businesses. Mm-hmm. And then the second grant, the economic. Uh, The STAR grant is coming out of the economic diversification kind of new carve out of TRT that that was um, created in in an amendment to state law last year. Hmm. And so this is kind of really the first economic diversification activity that Grand County and our department is really diving into.
0: Okay. And, uh, you know, how, how many, how much funds, like, are there, are you thinking small grants or oh, large grants Yep. for like what, now we know where the money came from. Um, You know, how much money will, will there be available to yeah. each applicant?
3: So for the, the Moab grant, the local small tourism business grant, the total is um, $55,000 for that program. So, you know, you could think of that as being distributed in Twenty or so small five thousand dollar grants, mm-hmm. um, and then the star business grant um, is about ten times as big, so a five hundred thousand dollar program total. And we're trying to space that out, so having like a small amount five thousand and below with a simple application, um, and then anything above five thousand, all the way up to hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, would be the, the max award. Requires a slightly more kind of intensive application. Right. Um, you know, trying to to balance that um, goal of of meeting the needs of all sizes of businesses, right. so if you're small and you only need a thousand dollars for something, but that would make a big difference for you, right. maybe it doesn't require the same rigor and time that someone who's buying a one hundred thousand dollar machine mm. um, mm-hmm. and take that requisite kind of time into the mm-hmm. application and outcome. Um, trying to tie those together. So the max award is $100,000 for the Star Grant. Um, And there's no max for the other award, but I think we're imagining it would be distributed um, kind of in that smaller segment to, to many businesses.
0: Now, I'm afraid of walking down this path. This is me with my nonprofit hat on. Put it on. (laughs) Okay. But um, with grants, you know, there are often, like, reporting requirements. Are there going to be that sort of requirement on these different um, applicants? Um, You know, that is something that is always a question mark in our minds here at KZMU whenever we apply for grants.
3: Right. And and trying not to make it. Uh, overly burdensome and sure then, you know it takes more time to actually uh-huh. do the grant than it does to actually than, than then the benefit of the money sometimes that comes out of it yeah and so we're aware of that and, but we still do because this is ultimately money that we want to have you know clear reporting and accountability mm-hmm. for i think all we're asking for is just like an, a report uh, one year from dispersion
1: mm-hmm.
3: how did you use the money yeah um and you know if there's like a clear concern Mm -hmm. or if it wasn't spent at all or the project scope is totally Mm -hmm. out of what your application was then we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there Um, but it's not going to be like a a monthly reporting or a quarterly Mm -hmm. reporting it'll be kind of like a one-time follow-up a year later kind of situation and and a, a large reason reason for that is we need to justify to the state that this program is effective um, because the the law that allows that funding to exist um, right now automatically sunsets in 2026. Mm-hmm. And so basically right now we're laying the groundwork to create, you know, basically a strong report right. with good metrics and outcomes that says, hey, we invested this money wisely in our community. Mm-hmm. It resulted in really good outcomes, and we think that it would be a wise choice for the state to continue to allow us to use money in this way
0: okay so um the grants applications can start as soon as friday
3: correct yeah so it'll be eligible for application on july first
0: and go through the end of july correct on both of the grants Mm -hmm. and then um committee looks at it what is yeah so there'll be an
3: independent scoring committee so i won't be on it Mm -hmm. um it'll be one County commissioner, Mm -hmm. one city representative, a nonprofit representative, a business representative, and from someone from the state of Utah, probably from the state, the governor's office of economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, ideally that those folks are not applying to any of the Mm -hmm. any of the grants. Sure, we we wanted to create some separation between us, who's designed them, and we want to coach people and encourage people to Mm -hmm. apply, and then not bring our biases for our favorite projects or Mm -hmm. or friends and family or whatever. Right, you know, avoid any semblance of. Mm bias and mm-hmm. create a structure for a, a a objective evaluation based on a rubric mm-hmm. um then a scoring committee will meet they'll they'll score all the applications and they'll come up with a funding um, proposal based on that sure. um and that'll happen in august and we're aiming for a dispersal of funds in september the best thing that you can do if you're interested mm-hmm. if you if you're just having the a wink you know a sparkle <laughs> in your eye you're like mm, those grants are interesting but you're not sure mm-hmm. um you know, I'm a procrastinator by nature. Uh-huh. And if it was me, it's like, okay, July 31st is when it's done. Sure. You know, <laughs> despite my best goals, I'm probably uh-huh. going to end up, you know, putting that through the last minute. However, we're highly encouraging people to schedule an appointment with the SBDC because that's a mm-hmm. requirement for both of those grants. You can't apply for it until you've met and okay. had a quick 15-minute or longer meeting with, with the SBDC, um, regardless of how accomplished you are as a business person. Mm-hmm. And you can schedule those now. So you can start scheduling those appointments now um, and that'll I think get the juices flowing help get over those humps that are going to be unexpected the last minute and get those away at the early side of July rather than the end of July.
0: And are those like free appointments? Correct okay
3: so those are those are this is a resource to the community that we're really trying to underscore throughout this whole process mm-hmm. right. and and h- help them sell to the state how effective they are how awesome and proactive grand county is Mm -hmm. so that they can get more funding and and they can continue to be a resource to to grand county
0: now before you go i know there's one more grant that you just wanted to give people a heads up on that isn't going to be available in that same round with friday on friday um but you know is coming down the line
3: yeah so the last grant is something that our office has run for several years um it's the event grant um used to be called event advertising grant um and, and basically it's a tool that we've used to look at um, to support kind of nascent um, special events on weekends where maybe we don't have any event or we're looking to kind of expand visitation on any given weekend it's supported the the folk festival and the music festival um, and the free concert series that is Grant um, is typically available for application in the middle of August mm-hmm. for events in the following year. So if you're looking at an event in 2023, um, keep your eyes out for that advertising grant. And we also have some money available that's been unspent for programs in 2022. Mm-hmm. So if you have an event happening in the fall, also keep an eye out for that. Um, okay. We've already started to get some inquiries um, on that. And I think we're going to divide that program into that traditional you know trying to bring visitors to new and fun events to our area that mm-hmm. we feel are lacking mm-hmm. and then also have um supporting kind of like locals oriented events mm-hmm. like the free concert series that mm-hmm. are you know i think our, our tourism economy burns people out and we want to have fun and have an opportunity to kind of get that cathartic release mm-hmm. and i think the free concert series is a really good example of that mm-hmm. and um so having some funding that's like more like for like quote-unquote locals fest or something sure. like that um, And separating those two mm-hmm. but but having funding for both of those So if, if you're if you're thinking about planning an event or you already have something on the book for this fall or next year keep an eye out for um, Those grants
0: and is that like a similar process or is that um, you know a department decision on who gets those grants? Is it a travel council decision?
3: So that's historically just been a travel council advisory board process. Yeah um, and Will probably continue to be be that way, and you can find information for all of these grants. And if you have any questions, there's a there's a kind of a contact us form um, at grandcountyutah.net/grants.
0: Okay, grandcountyutah.net/grants. August, is there anything else that you feel like is worth mentioning or important to mention for listeners um, who might be interested in applying or learning more?
3: Yeah, I think I think the best thing you can do is. If you're curious, fill out our form. If you're pretty sure you're going to apply, get your SBDC appointment. Um, And otherwise, I just want to give a big shout out to to Ben Alter on my staff, who's really been leading this effort um, to get this website up and running and get this application designed and who's working really closely with Megan McFall and Talia out at the SBDC, who's going to be a really good partner in helping to execute this.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for being up here. Thanks for having me. All right, that was August Graneth, um, the Economic Development Director of Grand County, speaking with me just a few days ago, um, mainly about two new county-supported grants that will be available to local organizations, and the application period opens Uh, This Friday for the Star Business Grant and the Marketing Our Awesome Business Tourism Grant, (laughs) or Moab Grant, both, again, can uh, be found at Utah.net slash grants, and applications are open Friday. Uh, You've been listening to This Week in Moab. I'm your host tonight, Molly Marcello. Thank you so much for being here with us. Stick around for the rest of the evening um, with our great programming here on your community radio station, KZMU.